welcome to episode two of Nitrated Podcast. Yes, welcome. Um, I'm Vanessa. Catherine. And for episode two, we're going to be doing, I guess, local regional lore from our childhood, which is mostly my childhood, because <laughs> Katie doesn't have anything. I do. I mean, I've got one, but yeah. it's the, through the, the subconsciousness in order to find more, I think. They're there. I just have to unlock them again. Oh, okay. Yeah. If that's what you need to tell yourself. Exactly what I need to tell myself. Yeah. Makes... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I grew up in a lot of different apartment complexes, and so that's what I'm going to talk about, of, like, the lore from growing up in an apartment complex that somehow had a whole bunch of shenanigans going on in it. Um, so I think it was called the Berkshires? I want to say that's the name of the apartment complex. Either that or the Paddock Club, and I don't care about saying it because I don't live there anymore. Um, yeah. And this is all in South Carolina. So, I grew up, I can't even remember how old I was. Maybe between 7 and 12. Yeah. We're gonna go with that. Impressionable ages. Yeah. Yeah, 7 and 12. Um... So I would hang out with some of the kids that lived in the various other apartments because there's like a few playground areas dotted around. So we'd kind of just run between those. But the apartment was like surrounded by a fence, like a big iron fence. So you could see through it. And it was also surrounded by like woods, countryside kind of areas. Like they, it, this was a brand new development. It hadn't been there that long. So they hadn't taken down the rest of like the trees to add anything else yet. Um, so we'd just play, like, along the fence and in these little playground areas, and that's kind of where all of these legends, lore, what have you, came about, um, because the woods were right by the fences. Right there, yeah. Um, so the first and probably the longest story that I remember or have pieced together from my memory, um, I I guess in terms of, like, making it a simple version, it, it's like a haunted house, basically. Like, there was, it's like a ghost haunted house story. Um, so basically, out in the woods, uh, there's, like, this old rickety house that you could see in wintertime, because obviously all the leaves off the trees are gone, so you can kind of see it from the fence line, and it was, like, set pretty far back in the woods, but uh, we'd be able to kind of see, like, maybe a bit of the roof, a chimney, a side of side of the house, something like that. Um, so I I can't even like I think we thought at one point when it was like late that we saw lights come on in it, even though we were told no one lived there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I some kid in the group, some older boy I think, was like, okay here's the deal with that house. And basically he said, and I don't even remember if this is exactly what he said or if I just put stuff in there, so bear with me. Um, It was a house built in, I think, maybe the 50s or the 60s. Um, And this guy, his wife, and his kids lived there with him. And... At that time, there wasn't a lot of development in that area, so they 
I think they'd only just got power or whatever. So it was minimal power. They mostly ran off of like, I don't know, kerosene lamps, maybe. I don't know. Fireplace candles. Um, But at some point they got a TV. So the dad and his family lived there. The dad became obsessed with having the TV. I don't know what he was watching, but he would watch it. And one day, I guess, there was it went on to one of those static channels, and supposedly it had some subliminal messaging, or there was like a demon in it, or whatever the fuck happened. But he went crazy. He killed his family, chopped off their heads, put them on the mantle of the fireplace, Ooh. and then like sat in the house and like watched the TV, the static channel, and just like freaked out, and then I guess eventually died or kill him, killed himself. And then it was said that if you'd go into that house afterward, um, you'd see, like, these floating heads in the house, and then his ghost, demon, whatever the fuck he was, would appear and kill you and chop your head off, too, and then add you to the mantle. And, like, that's pretty much what the kid was saying in terms of the story he told us to, like, when we're all little kind of children running around so it freaked us out and then especially freaked us out when we thought we saw the light come on in the house yeah all Um, the flickering of the lights and the yeah and then i I think we also thought one of the kids that used to play with us got killed because he said he was going to go to the house but i think he just moved (laughs) (laughs) i don't like we didn't know him that well he was just kind of like a random kid in our group Like, oh, yeah, I remember that story. I'm just going to tell him I'm going to go in. But I'm actually moving away. (laughs) No, I think he may have tried, but then he moved, like, shortly after. We just didn't, like, we weren't, like, the best of friends. We just all met up on the playground to play. Just convinced that he had gone there and had died. Yeah. With his head out amongst all the other heads floating around. Was the house still abandoned? Like, was it abandoned? Yes. Was it up? Okay. I so mean, clear- well, I mean, it could have not been. That That's the thing. Like, none of us ever went there. So we don't know. But as far as we could have been able to tell, because the light, if, because we were hanging out there in the wintertime, because it's South Carolina, it's not like we get snow all the time, so we can hang out outside. Um, like, the lights didn't come on at night that often. It only happens, like, maybe twice that I remember. Mm. or was told I, I think i at least saw it once but it could have been twice I don't, yeah i don't know but basically that story i try to piece it together into something like i wrote down maybe a version that works better and is makes a little bit more sense because and i just kind of scribbled down a whole bunch of notes on what i could recall um yeah. So, basic, here's my, my version of that. A long time ago, back in the 50s and 60s, a man lived with his wife and children in a quaint little home in the middle of the woods. They were a happy family and loved their little house in the forest. Everything was great until one day the dad brought home a TV. They had never seen anything like it. Um, they probably had. I just wanted to be dramatic there. The children, uh, never even went to the movies. They were in the middle of nowhere. Um, the family became obsessed with the television, especially the dad. And one day the dad found an unusual channel. Um, it looked staticky and sounded like static, but there was something sinister about it. And it brought out an irrational anger inside of him. 
So one day after having watching, having watched the channel for a few days, he mentally broke. His wife and children were away in town getting groceries and he was home watching TV when suddenly the channel came on on its own and the rage built up inside him. And when his family came home, he snapped and attacked him uh, and killed them. He disposed of their bodies after he removed their heads, which he kept with him for a time on the mantle. Eventually, he became more and more of a recluse and only leaving when he needed food. Even though people <clears throat> knew of the family, very few visited, and those that did know disappeared. Like, probably moved away, died, whatever. He grow, grew old in the house and died in his armchair watching the static TV channel, but not before adding more heads to his collection on the mantle. So I think that was also a part of it. Like, either the guy was still there and would kill you, or he died and was a ghost and would come and kill you. Either way, pretty terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I just kind of theorized that, like, he just went, either he was already crazy or the TV got to him. I, at that time, I don't know what fancy television he had or channels he had access to in rural South Carolina. Um, <laughs> but that's the fascinating thing about mythology and lore and, and oral traditions being handed down, if you will, is that, you know, this, this kid that you grew up with came up with this story and you're remembering... Or he was told it by another kid or... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's like the telephone effect, if you will, and it's you piece together what you can, and memory is such a bizarre thing that, I mean, you piece together what you can piece together, and then add in arguably even more terrifying pieces. Yeah, I think a parent just told it to some kid and was like, "Don't go outside the fence." Because there were for, there was a few spots along the the iron fence where there it was gated and it was locked, but there's a way you could get it open and get out. Um, yeah. I think ultimately it was probably just, oh, a parent saw, there's a creepy house. I'm going to use that as, like, the boogeyman story to keep the kids from running out in the woods and getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Great. Yeah, I just thought it was, like, kind of cool because if you were to go in there at that time when we were all kids, supposedly you'd go in, either he was still sitting in his chair or the ghost would appear and, like, he'd chop your head off. And then you'd become a part of, like, the floating ghost heads that would appear when the next person comes in. Right. So. Yeah. That's crazy. I wonder if the house is still there. No, it's not. I actually did go back, like, for a couple years ago um, to that area. Like, the, the apartment complex is still there, but all the, the land next to it had been cleared. Flipped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So. Bye-bye. Hmm. But his story lives on. In me. <laughs> and maybe the other kids that played there, though I'm not sure they remembered. Yeah. Ah, oh, so good. Um, should I tell my, my mini story? Sure. Oh, yeah, the only other, I have, like, the other two I have are tiny. Little tiny bitty ones? Mm -hmm. Um, so mine is about the Biffy monster. And I still don't know how to spell it because we never wrote it down. But I, I grew up in Palo Alto and uh, spent most of my summers at Foothills Park, which is a huge, I think it's a 1,400-acre um, Foothills area that's mm -hmm. been side. And um, I was probably about 10 years old when this all came about, um, maybe a little bit older. 
because uh, there was two groups of kids. There was like the fun camp and then there was the day camp and fun camp were the little kids and they'd be there for the day and then they'd leave. Then day camp, uh, you'd get to a point where you had one overnight, one overnight that you would go to. And uh, we, uh, we would trek out to this campsite kind of in the middle of nowhere and the camp counselors, I don't know if I love them or hate them for this story, but they used to tell the story of the Biffy monster and the Biffy monster was a camp kid, day camp kid from, oh, I don't know, decades before wherever, whenever we were taking Mm -hmm. place of the story. Um, And it was about a kid who, a young boy who woke up in the middle of the night and had to go to the bathroom. There are porta potties out there because there's some civilization out there. We weren't backpacking. And this young boy fell in to the porta potty uh, and for whatever reason couldn't get out. No one could hear him. So he wasn't screaming. I don't know. The logic of this story is just there. There's no logic to this. So he had fallen in and clearly they didn't go searching for him the next day. So they literally left him there. So he was just down there for pretty much a whole year and he was somehow sustaining himself on things that were in there and they never came and cleaned the porta potty or anything like that. So he literally lived down there. And the next year when they had uh, summer camp again, he had been really lonely because it had been a whole year that he'd been all by himself. And he had, like, turned into this creature. His, like, skin had turned purple, and he was, like, growing horns and, like, this weird situation. And um, he ended up pulling a girl down with him when she went to go to the bathroom. And then they fell in love and started a little Biffy Monster family, and they just, like, lived down there in this porta potty um, Which is, you know, terrifying for a 10-year-old that needs to go to the bathroom at 3 o'clock in the morning when it's pitch black out and you're in the middle of the nowhere for maybe the first time in your life. So, yeah. That's the story of the Biffy Monster. That, I mean... Well done. Well done, camp counselors. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Okay. I feel yeah. like it would work better if it's, like, decades ago that it, right. would, it wouldn't have necessarily been a porta potty but, like, a kind of, like, an outhouse version instead where they actually kind of built something down. Like, mm-hmm. it was, like, it stayed in one spot and it was a deeper thing than right. what you would have with a porta potty. So it was like actually like a, probably a trench or some sort of man-made drainage system mm-hmm. that they would take away. But okay, yeah, there's holes in the story. Yeah, but yeah. When and you're not always looking at you know, and you're excited to be you know, you're being told a campfire story and it's dark and you're gonna get scared and sometimes logic. You don't you think just... about the size of the <laughs> porta potty yet. Especially if you were a terrified child like me, where anything scared me like I I was one of those kids that I grew up being scared of like vampires and ghosts and all of that stuff and then there came a weird point when I was in high school where suddenly I became obsessed it was this big flip-flop thing so when I was that that I think that happens for a lot of kids though at some point yeah it kicks in in a different way uh but yeah yeah, so when I was that age I, I I was terrified at like I was still sleeping with the lights on Definitely. So being outside, even though I, my dad was a naturalist and I spent, like I said, the majority of my summers in, in this park, yeah. uh, it still terrified me. So it doesn't terrify me anymore. I can use a porta potty now if I need to, but yeah. I always, I always think of the Biffy monster whenever I have to use a, when I have to use a porta potty. It's a, it's it just, a weird It just one. makes me giggle and smile. It's this weird, like recall memory thing of like, oh yeah, good days, good times. Yep. Yep. Good old Biffy monster. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got for this one. Um, you... Yeah, my last two little ones are, I think they're pretty generic in terms of, like, they could work anywhere. Um, I don't think that, they're, they're not as specific to the location I was in. Um, 
One of them was like, we'd say there was like a feral girl child wolf thing, even though there was no wolves in South Carolina at the time that I know of, um, that would run around in the woods outside of our apartment. I think that could have also been used to like keep us inside too. Um, it's like a Jersey devil kind of thing. Yeah, kind of. It it was more like, it wasn't so much scary as it was, oh, there's like some girl got lost in the woods out there and some wolves slash dogs, whatever it was, took her in and now she can't speak and she runs on all fours and eats meat raw. And it's not something that we were, I can't remember who told it or how it came about, but we were never scared by that story. It was more of just like, oh, that's kind of cool. There's like a wild person running around. Um, and other than like a kid being like, yeah, I saw her. <laughs> None of us had like any proof or even like, oh, we saw like some shadow moving through the woods quickly or whatever it was. Like we never saw anything like that. No one or, camping out or anything like that. No. Um, so... That was, that was another one. And then there's the other fun one, which I actually saw evidence of, possibly. Um, and even I could have been trying to, like, say to other people that I think it's Bigfoot. But, um, <laughs> basically the, we'd have, like, these weird little white stones or pebbles. Rock, there was some sort of rock that would appear just beyond the fence line in the woods, like, underneath, like the the trees like at the roots of trees and they'd be in these like nice little piles and like we'd all all the kids would notice them i would like once i first saw them or they were first pointed out to me i would pay attention to them but they would kind of move around um we didn't know who put them there we didn't know why they were there they didn't we like we didn't know what they were for what what the whole deal was um so maybe me or another kid or maybe it was told to us um it was said that the, like, Bigfoot or some sort of Yeti or whatever, Sasquatch, whatever we used, uh, lived in the woods and would put them there, and they were, like, Bigfoot's eggs or pearls. Um, but they were all really tiny, like, I don't, I, don't, I mean, they couldn't have been eggs, that's way too small for, <laughs> for a Bigfoot, honestly. Um, but I mean, Yeah. <laughs> all in a little pile they were yeah they were all just neatly like it wasn't like kind of tossed there even like Um, it was it was just like a little mound of them and Hmm. i'd say maybe like 20 to 30 in a little pile um and they were always like really bright white like they were super noticeable um and they're pretty round like they almost kind of look like decorative river rock things or something like that um, and, yeah, we would just all kind of be like, what the fuck are those? Like, where are they coming from? Who put them there? Were they, like, size of marbles? Like, uh, how? So around that size. Maybe some smaller, some bigger. They weren't all perfectly the same size, but, yeah, they would, uh, they would appear and disappear. And, uh, I don't know. I think, like, fairies. Or, like, Arietti, like, that kind of stuff. That's what I oh, think Oh, like, of. Little People and mm-hmm. yeah, Thumbelina like, and all that. The Borrowers. Yeah, Borrowers or No Mobile. Yeah, that's what I think of. I wouldn't think, 
I think that's crazy and really cool that you guys like went with Bigfoot, like little pearls. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Is like we would say eggs or pearls, treasure, whatever, because they just it was just too purposely placed for it to not mean something. Yeah. And they would move around too, which also threw us off. So we, I don't know. We just thought there's something about them, and it's not like they were in a nest or anything. They were just set. In piles at the roots of trees. Placed. Yeah. That's so crazy. I love it. So yeah, yeah that's that's pretty much the, the childhood lore, I guess, that I've got. Yeah. Um, there's probably like I, I know that I've probably got some others, I just have to remember them. But we're hoping to chat with other people that we know and kind of get their their local lore and their stories that they've got like that from when they were younger, even as adults, because crazy stuff happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I'd forgotten about it until we started planning doing this podcast and figuring out what we wanted to talk about. And then I was like, oh, crap. I remember now that there was some crazy shit at this place that I used to live at. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. So we'll do this kind of thing again, talking about local stuff. Mm-hmm. just because it's it's fun and it's cool to to hear other people's stories because even if you're from kind of the same area stuff can be vastly different or just to see even if some stories if I have a story that's similar to a story that you have and just see the variations like I said like that oh like from people that we talk to because mm-hmm. yeah. honestly I will not have anything else to give in terms of my own personal <laughs> recollections like I trying to think about it now that my mind is on that topic like no there's nothing else those are the only things that I guess I felt worthwhile to log into my memory banks <laughs> well you had more than me so yeah I, I mean and I had one that was like fairly long and detailed which I'm pretty proud about but yeah haunted housey which mm-hmm. is good yeah so I think that's that's it for this episode then yeah that's it or- Good to go, but... And I love how last time... Did we include last time that we were going to do red caps for our next episode? We probably did, so surprise! <laughs> it's not red caps. Yeah, right. we're, and we're in the process of researching. Yeah, process um, of researching. And this jumped out at us as being a good second episode, because we wanted to tell these stories, so we'll see. But red caps, red caps, because they're great. Yeah, well, who knows when we'll do fucking don't trust us when we say we're gonna do a certain episode at a certain time like and we're just making this shit up as we go just gotta listen in and find out we may even just stop labeling them all together right and just say episode one two three four and you just no to i'm gonna label them because i get pissed <laughs> off when i listen to podcasts and they're not labeled i can, i need some snippet of information about what it's gonna be about some sort of idea yeah of like don't leave me hanging like yeah. just no it's just, it's just cruel it's yeah it's just cruel we won't do that. We won't do that. And if we if we keep doing this shit too, like I refuse to also do like season one, episode one. I'm just gonna keep going with oh. the one, two, three, four until infinity and beyond. You know. Totally. Yeah, and we can have like different subsets, like this local lore thing. If we really get a lot of stories from other people, it can be like a little like here's another episode of this. But the season thing, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, you might just... end up being more passionate about the local lore thing at this point because I kinda, <laughs> I'm like I don't care that much. Everything. <laughs> Who knows what could happen? I don't know. We just we just don't know, but we just try to 
explore and look at what excites us and hopefully that it's interesting to all of you people out there so yeah or one person to however few people listen to this who knows i know there's probably only like from what i could tell a couple (laughs) people listening to it um yeah and sorry for the shitty sound quality Oh, yeah, we don't, we're actually not living in the same area right now, so that's why, that's why it sounds like this. Yeah, we're just using our laptops to record, like, I don't have a, like, a microphone or anything, maybe eventually, if I can uh, find a decently priced one. We're, but... we're using what we have access to right now, and hopefully can upgrade in the future. Yeah. Yeah, but thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye!